This is the Vent Time with Connie podcast, where we discuss topics that can be controversial or uncontroversial. Topics range from family, faith, lifestyle, you name it. No topic is off limits. New episodes released every Tuesday and Friday. All right, sit back and relax. Here is your host of the show, Connie. Welcome to Ventime with Connie podcast. I'm your host, Connie. Welcome to a brand new episode of Entrepreneur Series. Today's episode, I held an interview yesterday, which is Saturday, August 29th, um, with my guest, D. Williams, on how to beat adversity. Well, guys, remember to follow us on Facebook at Venta with Connie and YouTube at Venta with Connie podcast so you can get notified each time we go live on Facebook and YouTube because we go live on Saturdays weekly at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. Make sure you join us. So, guys, without wasting any time, there you go. The interview that I had with D. Williams. Enjoy. You know what the topic of today is already is beating adversity. And I do have a special guest today with me to talk about this um, because this is a very heavy topic and I can't talk about it by myself. So I need to bring in someone who's um, well experienced, who's successful to come into this entrepreneur series to talk about this. So um, our guest today, she has earned every hard fought win in her life and in business. She overcome childhood sexual abuse at age eight, became a preteen mom at the ages of 11 and 15, while living on welfare on the streets of Baltimore, and at age 16, became a 10th grade high school dropout. You may be tempted to see her as a victim, but that's the last word she would use to describe her victorious path to achievement. She's a richly melanated, multi-hyphenated, she was as a true to herself best-selling author, speaker, business strategist, success coach, and the CEO of Individual Audacity, a transformational learning company that coaches driven and audacious individuals toward clarity and action in career, business, or life. She has transformed lives in 14 countries. 14, did you hear that? 14 countries and seven industries worldwide. She is a tech founder of the mobile app called MO Plan Do, which helps audacious go-getters create, organize, manage, and track their ideas and actually execute them. She is on a mission to move unconventional leaders into the center of their zone of influence by using hardship as a fuel to empower, inspire, and overcome, and also create and transform. So who am I talking about? I'm talking about Dee Williams. They go ahead, let's go ahead and bring her in the screen. Hi, Dee, how are you doing today? Hi, wow, that was a great intro. <laughs> <laughs> how you, how you been? I feel amazing. Life is, um, is, is crazy. You know, we are in like these, um, I hate when people say we're in these weird times, but it is kind of yeah. a weird space that we're in right now. And you've got two types of people out there. You've got folks that are experiencing, you know, major hardship, you know, around what's going on. And you have folks that are actually thriving. And, yeah. um, you know, the last time we had a recession, um, I was one of those folks that, that was struggling majorly. 
this time I'm thriving. And so it's really amazing to be on the, on the other side of things and it, and it fires me up and it makes me want to support more and more people so that they can experience the same thing that I've had the opportunity that I'm having the opportunity to do. So I absolutely feel amazing. <laughs> that's, good. that's good i'm i'm glad that you are thriving in this crazy um situation that we are in the pandemic a lot of people like you say are going through a lot they are really yeah. going through a lot and mm -hmm. i think um this morning i woke up this morning i heard that um is it child week what's his name Bro bossman i think that's his yeah, name that way, Bo bossman um uh black panther or what we know as black yes. panther actually transitioned. He was fighting um, colon cancer for four years. So, and we didn't know anything about it. I was talking to my mom about it this morning and I said, mom, what an amazing guy. I'm like, he, he literally went through this whole thing. He never told anybody. He never allowed us to, um, to acknowledge his craft based on his health condition. He allowed yes. us to see him for who he truly was. And then you know, we got to see just how amazing he was and, and how he transitioned. So I thought it was um, a very powerful um, conversation. I also saw that was trending last night on Twitter. Um, the fact that it was saying that most people don't know that what somebody is going through. So we need to just be a lot nicer to people because you just don't know. And I think that his passing kind of left that message lingering on with people what are your thoughts yes yeah you are absolutely right and um i'm i'm so happy that he showed even though he of course it's sad that he passed away but we are learning a lot from him passing away from his life you know his legacy like he don't he didn't let the the colon cancer define him you know mm -hmm. or pull him down can, i can't even believe that well because i think he was diagnosed in 2016 and yeah. that, that was the time that he was shooting for um, Black Panther and all these um, beautiful movies that he was he featured in, you know. And he yeah. still was still doing that, regardless of what he was going through in his life. So that he's a great motivational motivation for those that are going through a lot right now, thinking, "Oh my God, this is the end of the world for me," right. you know. So he's right. just inspiring us to keep pushing, you know. As long as you still have life, you have to, you still have a chance. You have to right. keep pushing no matter what. Right. That's the key. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep moving forward. Yes. And that's a very good segue to our topic of today, which is um, beating adversity. Um, I don't want us to waste time. I just want us to dive right into the topic of today. You know, adversity comes in different forms and shapes. Sometimes it can hit us unexpectedly. You know, a lot of people meet adversity on their way to success and they find it hard to rise above it. So they tend to feel stuck or inadequate. Um, you, on the other hand, you went through a lot. You know, you experienced a lot of adversity. So you, you are not new to adversity, you know. You went through a lot. You went through um, childhood um, sexual abuse at age eight, and you became a preteen mom at the ages of 11 and 15, living on welfare on the streets of Baltimore. And the 16 became also a 10th grade high school dropout. I know years has passed, you know, you probably you have rise above, not probably, you actually rose above these experiences. But for the sake of this conversation, um, I want to know um, why you were going through these experiences. 
What was your mindset during this season in your life? Yeah, I, I want to talk about that season, but I also want to talk about the season where I'm an adult and I've gone through something similar with what these people are going through now, because I, I think that'll, that'll really tie things in. I had a very tumultuous like childhood, very, very true. And, and that was only a piece of it, right? By the time I was 19, I was raped by gunpoint by a police officer, right? Who uh, my neighbors trusted. And um, that was just one of many times that I experienced, you know, sexual abuse in my youth. And, you know, just trying to be a mom and trying to financially establish something for myself at such a young age where I didn't have supportive family. I didn't have a lot of friends. And I just trying to, it was two kids, you know, 16, trying to figure it out. You had to be creative. And, um, and, and I definitely felt defeated many times because throughout that process, I lost custody of one of my children and I went to the church. They would not help me. I called attorneys. They would not help me. They told me that I needed to be married and more stable. So I went and married some guy that I didn't really love at the time. I was very honest with him, but I told him that I needed stability so that I could get my son back. And I fought until I got my son back and I raised him. And, um, and so I, every step of the way, people told me what was not possible or they judged me. And they looked at me and already told me who I was and what I was going to be. However, for me, even though it felt horrific, even though I felt ugly, not good enough, disgusting sometimes, unworthy, uh, stupid, probably the biggest thing I felt many times because I hadn't finished high school. Um, I knew that I, I think I just had a vision and I just decided that I had two options. I could stay where I am or be in a different place. And I knew that being where I was at 16, living on Myrtle Avenue in Baltimore, I woke up one morning, rats were on my chest. I was, <laughs> like I knew I didn't want to be there. I knew that there had to have been something more for me something better that I just didn't believe that life was meant for me to just live just this, this miserable life. So I went on a journey looking for something better. And that journey started in my mind. It started with a choice and a decision that I'm going to find something better. I'm going to cap grab onto it. And that is going to be my fixated goal. And I'm not going to budge until I get to that goal. So I just started creating many goals many tasks for myself, many milestones. And the first milestone became to get to get a, a, a refrigerator so that I could put bottles in there, my son's bottles. That was my first milestone. I want to get a refrigerator. The rats ate through the bottles when I put them on the um, windowsill. My second milestone was to get a stove, just basic things, maybe get a bed. I met a drug dealer who bought a bed for me and a TV on a crate thought something different about you. I'm not gonna let nobody mess with you while you're on this block. And he went and said, I'll be back. He put $300 in my pocket, told me go take care of the kids, come back. When I came back, he was outside in a pickup truck with mattresses. It's like, okay, 
So I also had to learn how to trust in a time where everyone was taking advantage of me and at every angle. I still had to have the discernment to be able to understand that everybody is not the bad guy and that there are some people that I have to trust. So I took big risks. I took major risks throughout my life, you know, because that was better than where I was, the place in my life. So over time, I began to create visions and make decisions and make choices. And I just focused on one milestone at a time until I remember, you know, just like, I can't believe that, you know, I'm here. Like even sometimes today, I'm like, wow, it's insane that I live the life. I'm in California right now. I've been here for nine months, just hanging out. Wow. <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, so I feel so blessed that I'm able to experience this. So um, you asked the question. I wanted to just kind of give them a background about my childhood. I hope you don't mind. I know we're on a tight time. No, frame, you're so. good. Yeah. No, you're okay. Good. So that's the first thing I want to say. But let's fast. Let's, let's move a little bit further. I get myself together. I become a nice little citizen. I'm, you know, kind of middle class. Try to do something right. <laughs> and yeah. um, married, you know, got a brand new baby girl. Was my third child. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Oh, she's 17 now, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> um, but, okay. you know, at that time, I had decided that I wanted to venture out, start my own business. And I started my own business against my ex-husband's um, will. And it failed. It bombed majorly during the recession. Um, I lost everything, 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 everything that I had worked so hard for was gone. Um, I ended up selling everything that I left in my house and moved to Atlanta, stayed there for a year, lived off my savings out of pure depression until I had five bucks in my pocket, sitting in the Walmart parking lot with my three kids crying because I didn't know how I was going to buy anything with those, but that $5 and then somebody who knew me in the staffing industry said, I heard you were in Georgia. Would you be interested in the job? And I was like, mm-hmm. And I took a job and decided since I was such a loser for not winning in my business that I was going to be a normal human and work a nine to five. That didn't work so well for me because within two years, I started my current business and I've been in business since then, since 2011. So that during that time, that that was a very transitional moment. And I feel like it, it can really resonate with where a lot of you are right now or where you could be right now when the market is crazy and, and you're working for someone else and they get to define your success, your worth, your future um, by letting you go. <laughs> by you know putting you on hold until they're ready to use you again it's a really uncomfortable and unsettling feeling because you depend on this income to take care of you and your family and i totally get that and that that has had it i have been in that place three three times in my lifetime in real life where I have lost everything, where I've been laid off or where I quit. And that's why I started my own business. 
I started my own business because I wanted to be in control. I was tired of giving like all my love and passion and joy to these companies who really only cared about the money and not the people or the product or the service that I was representing on their behalf. Right. I was just tired of them telling me that I wasn't good enough that um, or that I was good enough, but only to the point that they had defined for me. Like, no, I can't make 80,000. I can only make this about, right? So my boss did that. My boss asked me what I wanted. I was such a great recruiter. What did I want? Um, I said, I wanted to become, I wanted to split my job in half and recruit half the time and train half the time because I had already helped grow the company. He laughed at me and told me, hell no. And you're gonna be a recruiter because that's where you make the most money. And I said, well, I don't wanna do that. <laughs> And so I said, you know, then I quit. And then he said, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to go out and you're going to go in and start your own business? I said, yeah. He said, well, you signed a non-compete for a year. You can't recruit for a year. So what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. Maybe I'll start a training company and show people how to be better than you. And he started laughing. Nobody's going to buy training from you. I said, well, how do I know if I don't try? And he escorted me to my desk. They watched me pack my things and escorted me to the door as if I was a piece of you know what, as if I hadn't just made the company millions of dollars the last 11 months that I was there. I walked out of the door so strong and then I cried my eyes out, went down the elevator, bolt. And I got a bottle of wine, drank it, <laughs> told my kids I quit my job. I said, I'm going to start a business. And I didn't look back. And um, that was the best decision that could have ever happened to me. There was one piece that I left out that I wanted to share with you really quickly. And I want you all to listen when you hear. That day that I came into the office and quit my job, I had no clue. I had no desire to quit my job. It wasn't, I was angry about what had happened, but it wasn't in my mind at that point to quit. I was going to try to figure out a way to still make things work. As a matter of fact, I didn't even have any brakes on my car. I had dropped my car for the dealership and my boss picked me up from the dealership. Everybody was at a convention this particular day. So the only people that were in the office was the management staff, me and my boss who was sitting across from me. This is a Christian podcast. I got to tell you all what happened to I me. Mean, you're never going to believe this or maybe you will. So I'm sitting there at my desk just like this. desk sitting right here. My boss is caddy quarter to me. I'm typing and I hear a man's voice say, it's time to quit your job. I stood up because there are two people that typically sit next to me, Greg on one side and another guy on this side and or, or Peter and Greg, and they were always pranking me. So, and I thought they were pranking me. So I stood up, I was like, Peter, but I knew they weren't there. And I looked and I was like, I'm not about to quit my job. And my boss stood up and was like, you're about to quit. And I was like, no, I'm not about to quit. She said, but I, th I thought I just heard you say that. I said, I did, but didn't, did you not hear that? She's like, D, is nobody here but me and you. I said, I know, I know, I know, forget it. Don't just forget, I'm tripping. So I sat down, I'm working, 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 I'm fired up, I'm working, 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 I'm doing, I'm working, 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 and I hear it again. You're going to quit your job. And I stopped, and I got up this time. I got up, I walked around to the cubicle to my left, to the cubicle to my right. I said, Jen, I know you heard this. And she said, her what? I said, about quitting my job. She said, right now, conference room. And that's how the whole process started. 
So I ended up actually quitting my job that day, which like I did not have the, I didn't even ride home, just FYI, when they walked me to the door. That was one of, also one of the reasons I was crying because um, my boss picked me up from the dealership. I didn't have any breaks. So I had to call my sister to ask her if she could get her boyfriend to come pick me up from work because I didn't even have, So that tells you I didn't even plan to quit. It was really, I feel like a higher energy that moved me that day. And all the lives that I've been able to impact I think about all the time about that one choice, that one decision, because when I failed in my business the first time, I allowed the market and everything to scare me. And I quit and decided that I was going to focus on my depression and then focus on being an employee, even though I knew that's not where my heart was, was and I knew I was worth more. I just was in that space and I, I, I was Stanking in that space, not physically stanking, just energy, right? And now I look back and the people, the, the people's lives that I've impacted, how it's crazy because I think about that moment in time when I heard those voices. I'm like, if I would have not listened, if I would have not been aware, like energetically aware of what I'm hearing, what I'm perceiving, then I would have never been able to be where I am today on this podcast or even have been able to impact the lives that I had. So I just wanted to share that story with you that even though sometimes we're in a real crappy space, stay aware, stay energetically aware and, and focus on the vision because the vision is what matters the most. If you focus on the vision, everything around you will push you towards that vision and you achieving the things that you want. And I, I really apologize for taking so much time. <laughs> No, you're good. This is a very important information. I'm so happy that you ch shared that um story of how you got to the point of quitting your job. Because people would think, oh, I would just get up and just quit my job, you know. But the, you were following, like you say, you were Christian, like I am too. You were listening to God. You were listening to the Holy Spirit directing you. And then, of course, um, after that, other things fall in place as time goes on. But people need to realize that no matter wherever they are, what, how crazy the world might seem, you still need to be aware. You still need to be in, I don't know if you're worshiping God, whatever you're worshiping, you need to be in a, in a very um, calm place where you can listen to the word of God. You can listen to what God is speaking to you, what he's calling you, you know, to your purpose. Because, you know, this purpose thing, we can never know what it is. We just don't know. You know, you always think, oh, it, it may be this, tomorrow it might change. But we have to keep trying one day by trusting and everything it will all align it will mm -hmm. all align it will all make sense because you at that time it didn't really make sense why you will quit your job why you still have your car in the dealership and you crying probably in the elevator because you don't even have a car home you, you, don't, even, you don't even have a car to go home <laughs> Mama, you can do this. 
You can do it, mama. Do it. Do it. I don't know why you went back to work anyway. Are you ready? Come on, mama. You can do this. We believe in you. We'll help out. We'll do whatever we can. And that's exactly what they did. And I kept pushing. And when I felt like giving up, they kept pushing me. And when they thought that I was giving up, they pushed me even more. And to this day, they still push me. They say, my dreams are so big and I have not even remotely touched them. So what am I waiting on? Sleep? What sleep, Ma? Get up. Show them. <laughs> they be getting on me. <laughs> That's good that you have this support system. Your children are actually encouraging you to keep pushing. A lot of people don't well, have I that support story. system. Connie, Lionel, I had Lionel. I got pregnant with Lionel when I was 11. I had him when I was 12. I had EJ, got pregnant with EJ, had him when I was 15. They have grown up with me. They have watched my story. They see me from a different perspective. Yes, I'm their mother, but they have watched us go from being almost homeless, living with rats to living probably an abnormal lifestyle for the average African-American. So they have watched the transition. So of course they're going to be supportive. Wow. It's a different, it's a different. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. <laughs> That's really a blessing. Because you basically grew up with your kids. All of you guys grew up together. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a blessing. Okay, guys, I'm going to digress a little bit. But for those that are just joining us, welcome to Ventile with Connie podcast live show. We are talking about beating adversity. And I have my guest here, Dee Williams. Please feel free to pitch in your feedback. She's saying hello right now. Make sure you um, you comment below whatever you're thinking, your questions, your feedback. We welcome all of them. And we'll be addressing it towards the end. So we're going back to our topic, uh, what we're talking about. You did provide a lot of great insight. Um, like you said, um, adversity brings, um, adversity is like a, something we cannot avoid, you know, and you didn't let it, you know, stop you, you know, even though it, might, it was scary at first, like, for example, making that decision of quitting your job, but you still didn't let it uh, um, stop you. And um, so many people make excuses when these things come. Oh, I'm, I will never make it. Oh, maybe because this happened to me, this happened to me. And, and that brings about procrastination, fear, so many things, you know. But you, because, you, you didn't let that. You didn't let procrastination stop you. And of course, that's because you have a support, a good support system that will not even let you procrastinate or let you, you know, just say, rest, I can't do this, I can't do that. You have people keep pushing you. And um, you become a seven-figure earning international coach right now and a tech mogul. And, and I'm wondering, like, you have experienced um, setbacks like you described, but what is something that you have failed in, especially when you started your own business? Yeah, so let's talk about it. So today we're going to be talking about my mobile app, MoPlan Do. That was a failure. Wow. How about that? And I had to pivot. I had to pivot and I had to be strong enough to see I invested over $20,000 in the technology and we launched. It was still really buggy. Um, we did get a lot of beta users, but it was still costing me so much money to just maintain the mobile app. I did not take the approach that I should have taken. I should have done things a little bit differently. In hindsight, I didn't figure that out until after I made the errors and after I made the mistake. But um, but 
I actually listened. And I think that was the really cool part about the experience. I listened to my audience. I listened to what they were saying. I listened to the feedback and I pivoted and I was able to create a new software platform. It's an e-learning platform called Reskillify. And we um, just we haven't even officially launched it. So you all are getting the real scoop scoop. We have about 700 users on the platform right now, and we only have about 18, 19 courses. Most of them are private because they're all mine. Um, we have we're just launching the instructor side of our portal. So we're going to be advertising very shortly and reaching out to specific coaches about the platform. So it's growing. Um, and so the platform is really cool. And what we decided to do was to create a checklist that accompanied that platform. So as me and the team are working things out, we realized the checklist that we're looking for was like Mo Plan Do. And we were like, oh, snap, right? So the pivot took place. And, and interesting enough, um, when I went to first pitch Mo Plan Do to an investor and here in L.A. before I ever came to L.A., um, the guy on the phone was so authentic, but he was like, yo, I hate that name. That name is terrible for your mobile app. I loved it, though. Like what? I had a whole online in-person tour and he talked really badly about the name. And so I said, I'm not scrapping the name. And then I came to L.A. and I was talking to a good friend of mine, Shalon, who's in the tech space and she's an investor in real estate or whatever. And she's like... Uh, I'm not too fond of the name. And I'm like, what is up with my name? She said, and when she said it, it made sense. She said, the vibrational energy of the name does not flow with what you're trying to do. And I disagreed, but I got what she was saying. So when Reskillify came about, the e-learning platform, I knew I wasn't going to do a mobile app again because I was kind of salty about Mo Plan Do. But as we're building, we know we're going to build a mobile app version and the mobile app version will actually come with something that we're building custom to the platform, which is the checklist, which ultimately would be mobile plan do. So what we're doing is we're pivoting. We're changing the name um, from mobile plan do to reskillify check. And it's going to be a big ordeal. But you asked about failure. That was a pretty expensive failure. <laughs> yes. Pretty hurtful of my pride. I'll tell you that too. My pride. I was like, "What?" And I had an investor, so you know, it's right. So it was a major failure, actually, because all my friends and everybody looking at me like, "So what's up with Mo Plan Two? What's up with that?" And I'm like, "Shame." <laughs> like you know, you're not gonna win at everything. It's, it's like we have this idea that because we start something, that that means that it's going to automatically be a success. If you are starting something you've never done before, it's inevitable that you may potentially fail. And you have to be emotionally and mentally prepared for that failure, not wanting it or um, drawing it to you energetically, but being mature enough as an entrepreneur to understand that everything is not always going to go the way you want. And I was, I'm mature enough to see that, but you also have to be smart enough as an entrepreneur to understand that your market drives you, 
Your business is nothing without your market. So I was able to be lucky enough through my um, staffing coaching program. I have a market, a very strong market of people who absolutely love me. I built one-on-one relationships with just about all of my customers. And so because I do that, it gives me the ability to create all types of technology. I have a market who test it out for me. And not only will they test it out, but they get to benefit from it immediately. So when I built Reskillify, I paid VAs across the world to move all of my stuff off of a platform I was paying somebody else for, put all of my courses on my platform, and then put all of my customers over. When I did that, I said, okay, hey, what's wrong with this platform? Tell me, how can I change it? How can I make so that it's better for you, a better experience for you? What would feel good to you? And they were nice enough to tell me and I built right in front of their eyes. So they got to see the changes immediately. And now that they are saying that this platform is worthy and they're willing to buy into my courses and different things like that, now I can introduce it to the world and Moplan Do will become Reskillify Check. But I'll also be, I am also the official owner and um, startup founder of Reskillify. So I actually got two texts for the price of one. Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's smart. <laughs> you failed it and you did. I mean, it's all about I'm perspective, in. you know? It's all about yes. perspective. Yeah. I'm so happy that you were like the thing what I'm learning from you, which when you were telling your story is that yeah, yes, you failed, right? But you were matured about it, you learned from it, and you were able to re-strategize and move forward, creating this your new um tech. Is it app? Um, what was it? Reskillify. Reskillify is an e-learning platform that helps people just like you to level up and and upskill okay. and reskill in your career, your business, and your life. And wow. so, right now, we only have business courses about staffing, <laughs> but by January one, we have we will have courses from. I mean, oh my gosh, the coaches that we've been reaching out to already. Um, we have a tax um, on your tax business course that's going up next month. We have a LinkedIn challenge course that's going up next month. So I, people are already coming at me and we don't even have the instructor portal together. They're already like, here, D, here's my stuff. I want it on Reskillify. So it's, it's already becoming intense. <laughs> Yes. So, because people so need this information, they need it. That's why it's in high demand. A lot of people, because you're telling me LinkedIn, I want to sign up too, because that's not really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, the failure was great for me. I, I actually, yeah. it didn't feel good when it was happening. Um, however, I know, I know, I figured it out by now. When things like this happen, listen, every last one of us watching this and listening are praying for something. And I believe that it's a sincere prayer, right? So when things happen, we automatically take it and look at it as a bad thing because we don't really understand how energy works, how the universe works, how God works. But the reality is, is that a lot of times if we are sincerely given a prayer, how do we know that the things that are happening to us are not to move us toward the very thing that we actually are looking for? And that's exactly what happened to me with Mo Plan Do. I invested and I built it 
and it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. I was extremely disappointed, but I stayed positive and I stayed focused on the prize. I pivoted and now I have something better than what I even prayed for initially. Yes, yes. And it tends to work out that way almost every time. I'm sure a lot of people are learning from what you're saying right now. That is true. And and I think you're giving a very positive view on failure. You know, people view failure as, oh, my God, that's it. You know, it's, a, it's an advantage. Sometimes it's avoiding you from things that you don't even know. Maybe if you would have keep going, something else bigger would have happened. So when you when God tried to say, oh, this is not for you, of course it will end and it will hurt. You know, you would think that that's it. Like, this is not, oh, my God, I will never survive. I will never be successful, you know. But I'm sure a lot of successful people, including you, they have their own share of failures. They have their own share of setbacks. So it's something that we can never avoid. It would definitely do happen. But we pray that it doesn't cost us much because yours was really expensive one. But um, but look at you. You 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 rise above it. Are you, you kidding? Are that company is going to be a billion dollar company. Like that little twenty seven thousand dollars wasn't nothing compared to where my company is about to be. So that's true. I definitely do not look at adversity as a negative thing at all. I used to. I used to. I used to look at. I used to beat up myself. I used to say it was because I, I'm gonna just. I'm gonna be just myself here. But I used to think it was because I was a sinner. I used to think it was because I didn't pay my tithes. I used to think it was because, um, you know, karma. I used to think it was because a lot of things that, as I have matured over the years, I feel like is not my truth any longer. What I believe adversity is about is about moving you forward. I believe adversity is to move you forward in some way. And if it's not to move you forward, it's to move someone for someone else that you're connected to forward. And when I think about it from that perspective, then it sounds very beneficial for me. Even if it's me moving forward, my best friend of 24 years who I absolutely love, but had to split relationships with because we were going down two different paths but I benefited her. I was a benefit to her. You feel what I'm saying? So, you know, adversity doesn't feel good. It doesn't, but it's all in how you look at things. <laughs> That's all I can say. When yeah. things are bad, it's all how you look at things. We define bad and good. We define that. Right. And so if, if I had cancer a couple of years ago, they told me to literally call my mom, will me up, prepare my funeral arrangements, the whole nine. That's how my business right now, really Staffing Preneurs Academy, the, the side where I show people how to start a staffing business. That's how that came about. Before that, when I started Identifies Consulting, I was only working with corporate organizations and staffing companies. I wasn't training people like you and I. I, I didn't even think of doing that. But I, after tra I was traveling the world, training companies and I got diagnosed with cancer. I went in there, my blood wasn't right. I was almost passed out. And I, I went in there to get checked out and I ended up leaving there with seven blood transfusions behind my belt and a diagnosis that I was gonna die in three months. That's what I walked away with when I left the hospital that day. So my mom took off of work and came and stayed with me for three months. And they, the whole time were giving me medicine to try to fix it, fix things so that I could live 
or to look for that one little window for us to be able to perform this surgery that needed to be performed. But it, it was, we could only do it if other things fell into place. And at that point, those things weren't into place. So my mom is waiting for me. She's like, I think we need to talk about what the next steps are, different things like that. I'm thinking, no, if, 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 if I choose to leave right now, this was my thought. I'm going to leave here with a bag. I'm going to leave here leaving a legacy. So how can I do that? So I started advertising online. Are you interested in starting a staffing business? And people started to show up. And I started taking courses. I started building courses. And I built Staffing Preneurs Academy on my deathbed. I could only walk from my bed to the bathroom and back for three months, computer in my lap. And I started putting posting notes all over the walls and the ceilings. I, um, I, I, all of all the things that I'm going to do next year, because they were telling me I wasn't going to live past December. So I wanted to pre forecast the things that I was going to do to, to remind myself that I was going to see next year. I said, I'm going to build Staff Entrepreneurs Academy. I started building it. And, um, and I started, I just reprogrammed my mind. I went to the doctor every week. I told them, you will not call what I have cancer. You better find a different name for it. Cancer makes me feel like I'm going to die. And although you all have your own version of my story, I have my own version of my story. So we're not using that word. So you can call it the real physical word, whatever it is, but we won't be using the word cancer again. And they agree. And um, yeah, and I just built my business. I built this other arm of my business so that I could stay afloat. I became innovative. Just because you put me on bed rest and I own my own business and now I have no income coming in doesn't mean that I'm not going to create income. I'm not going to sit there and cry and be um, defeated. Not after I've come this far and they're telling me I'm not going to live. Oh, uh, uh, no, I'm going to create my own version of who people believe I am when I leave from this place. And so that's that's what I did. My mom thought I was crazy. She actually um, offered for me to see a shrink <laughs> before my passing. <laughs> like I'm good and I built it out and one day the insurance company called me and said by the way we're cutting your insurance the same exact day the hospital called and said the window we're looking for is here coming tomorrow I didn't know if I should be happy or cry so <laughs> I just told him the truth I said I just got a phone call that said the insurance company said they're not going to cover me for anything at this point and they said we don't care we want to see you alive that's what we want to do. Bring your butt in here tomorrow. I came in the next day. They performed the surgery. It was rough coming through it. I wouldn't even wake up all the way with the anesthesia, but I made it through. I'm here right now. And when I came through that, I came through that with a fire that I can't even, I thought I was fired up before. Oh my gosh. The world is getting a true version of Dee Williams right now in her full entirety. Because when someone tells you you only have a short period of time to live and you're sitting there trying to figure out how can I show the best version of myself in this brief period of time, I totally understand Chadwick Bossman. I totally get his thought process. That was my thought process. That was my thought process. So there's always, always going to be some adversity. And I feel like that was the best adversity I got because I can tell this story and this story is going to impact so many freaking lives. Are you kidding me? That piece of adversity was not a negative thing for me. Can I have children now anymore? No, but I already have three. I'm good. 
right? So I didn't lose anything. I gained everything. Adversity is not a bad thing. Adversity is something always to propel you forward. That's my personal opinion. Wow. That's that's a very awesome story and uh, quite inspiring too. But uh, we are we almost at, at the end of this topic. But I want to also um, give you time to see if you want to say anything else. Do you have any advice to those um, businessmen and women going through difficult times right now? Do you have any advice to help them rise above the adversity? Yes, be innovative. Uh, there's a way to everything. We're in 2020. The internet is a moneymaker. Be innovative. Find someone. If it's not D. Williams, find somebody to coach you right now. People, they're out here doing it for free. Join Facebook group and LinkedIn groups where entrepreneurs are hanging out so you can get in the energy of what you're looking to do. Um, and keep your eyes on the prize. Create a vision of where you see yourself six months, a year from now, and create a vision. And then the final thing I would say is um, don't be afraid to pick up the phone and ask people for help, ask people to do things for you, whether you know them or not. The interesting thing about this world is we see the news and we see, we read things and we automatically assume that everybody's a bad guy. But now that I've traveled the world for so long, I see that actually there are so many more amazingly gracious, awesome people in this world than there are bad people. Most people actually desire to help. They know their purpose. So don't be afraid to reach out to people and to ask because believe it or not, people actually help you. So that's what I would say. And stay, stay positive, even when it feels hard. Like try to stay positive because I've noticed that when things are bad and I feed into the things that are bad, it gets worse before it gets better. But if I if things are really bad and I say something like, even though it's at the absolute worst level of bad you can think of, and I just sit back and say, this is all in God's hands. I know everything is working out for a reason. I don't really know what the reason is right now, but I let go and I'm just going to believe that things are going to work out for me right now. It feels so horrible, but I'm going to believe that things are going to work out for me. I let go. This Everything is going to work out for me and I may take a nap or I may get up and jog or I may do something, dance, listen to music, cook, anything that makes me feel a level of joy. And then um, within an hour, typically something amazing happens. It's it's crazy it, it, to the point that my kids are like, oh, God, mom, something will happen shortly. And then like an hour or two or a day or so, the very thing that was the thing that I it, it, it almost completely shifts. And I really believe it's because the energy that I carry during during that time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I made it. I, I, I okay. left it flow a, a open way for that good things to flow to me. And and so that's what positive energy does. It opens the floor way for good things to flow to you. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Because you say if you focus on, if you, bad thing, things already are going rough in your life and you're focusing on negativity, it makes you even more depressed. If you're mm -hmm. depressed, you, you get more depressed and mm -hmm. it's hard for you to get out of it. But if you are positive, have a positive look at it, yeah, though it would not automatically eliminate the issue, but at least um, you make you you don't have to go through um, depression or or even go through more worse than that you already facing right now. So you don't want to incur more depression for yourself. You want to make sure you focus on the positive things. Like I always like to do, I started being um, gratitude. I started showing gratitude 
counting my blessings. Okay, I, um, there's a time that I pray for this and God gave me this. Or this, I say, you know what? At least I still have a home. At least I still have people that love me. At least, and I start counting my blessings. It makes me feel a little better to survive it, you know, to go through it a little bit. But guys, you can, you can find anything else that you want to do to help you out. But you have to have a positive a mindset in everything you do because the negativity won't stop but you can't keep letting all of them keep affecting you you so can guys, do you it come to yes you can do it she did it i did it you also can do it so guys we have come to the end but i want to first talk about our website um if you don't know we have a website um the website name is ventime with connie um podcast.com i will show it on the screen screen very soon right here ventanewithconeypodcast.com make sure you go check us out and you can also purchase our merch product i'm wearing the t-shirt right now we also have a hat right here and so many other merch products that you can purchase go ahead to the website and go check us out and support as much as you can so um d williams do you have anything that you want to um any upcoming um, business or services that you want to um let my audience know yeah, naturally. So um, I show professionals how to start their very own niche recruitments and staffing business. So you can visit staffingpreneursacademy.com or you can go to YouTube and type in D. Williams Staffing and you will find about 400 videos to keep you up for the next two or three years. Please don't date me for two to three years before you decide to sign up. Um, if you want to learn more about me, you can reach me on my website. Um, it's my name, D-E-E hyphen williams.com and um just stay on the lookout for reskillify because we're here and we're not going anywhere <laughs> that's good that's good so guys i have it on the screen right here d um dash williams.com go check her out and the website um staffingpreneurs um academy.com Go yeah. check us. Uh, go check her out. And if you listen on the podcast, don't worry. We have all these links in the episode that you're listening to right now. So once you're done, click on the episode details. You will get all the links about our guest today. So you can also um, go use her services. You know the staffing. If you're thinking of starting any um, staffing um, business, you can go check her out. Definitely, especially my nurses. Nurses do very, very well in my community. Nurses from Nigeria, nurses from Ghana, nurses from... So I'm just putting it like we have very, very, very successful um, nurses in our community. So if you've ever thought about starting a staffing business, placing nurses or any other niche, but I'm just letting you know the nurses do very well. Um, you, I'm the place you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I didn't know about that. Nursing, doing staffing business. That's cool. They make, uh, I mean, the largest healthcare staffing agency in the United States right now. They do about three, I think, th between 375 million to 425 million a quarter. Wow. 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 Their CEO makes like three million a year. Right. No. <laughs> no, no, staffing is one of the most lucrative business models on the planet right now. Um, and it has been, and it, it always lives through the recession. So, even, you know, because people, companies lay off and that's the part that we hear. We heard a million people got laid off since um, the, the pandemic started. However, all of those people have to go back to work. Who puts them back to work? That's number one. Number two, companies aren't going to be so quick to hire people for full time permanent. They're going to be more looking to hire people contract and temp. 
until the market levels itself back out. So staffing companies win. So that's why people are coming to my community like crazy because they know that this market is about to turn around. We're not going to be here forever. And the moment that it does, man, but a lot of my nurses are winning right now during COVID. Yes, they are. Yes, yes they, they are. They are. Yes. They do. Have a job they are their job will always be like there for them they have that job security but they always will have a job yeah so that's good thank you so much d williams for stopping by on this show ventan with connie podcast it's a great pleasure talking to you and i'm sure your words of encouragement and also your life experience that you shared with us will inspire a lot of people listening to want to do better and also your dedication and resilience will motivate anyone listening or watching to not let their misfortune or setback stop them from being the best version of themselves. So on behalf of my listeners and viewers, we say thank you for coming. Thank you. You can check out my part of my documentary on YouTube as well, as well. It's called Individual Audacity. And it's um it's a wow. huge hit. So you can definitely check out my documentary and learn more about my my story. Okay, that's good. Guys, you heard her. Make sure you go check it out. Okay, thank you so much, D. Williams, for stopping by. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching this live stream. And I hope to see you back here again next week, Saturday, to discuss yet another thought-provoking and intriguing topic in relates to entrepreneurship. If you're watching a replay on YouTube right now, make sure you click that subscribe button. Make sure you like and share this video and click the notification bell button so you can get notified each time we upload any new video or go live, okay? So um, if, you are, uh, if you are watching on any of our social media, make sure you also share this video and please follow us on all social media handles. We're on Facebook, Aventan with Connie. We're on Instagram, Aventan with Connie. And if you're listening on a podcast, don't worry. The Our social handles is going to be on the details of this episode. So you can also follow us. Okay, thank you, everyone. You do have a wonderful rest of your day. This is your host, Connie, signing out. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Vent Time with Connie podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Please don't forget to like, rate, review, or share this podcast. Do you have any feedback or questions for Connie or any topics you'd like to discuss on the show? Connie loves communicating with our listeners. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook at Vent Time with Connie or send an email to venttimewithconnie at yahoo.com. Until next time, remain blessed.